The Angels are an unmitigated disaster. They were swept by the Baltimore Orioles this weekend, and we're going to talk about it. We're also going to get into the Monday mailbag, answer your questions, and get through this together. You're Locked On with Mike and John, and this is Locked On Angels. You are Locked On Angels, your daily Los Angeles Angels podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Angels your first listen of the day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts. If you're listening on the audio side and you enjoy what we do here at Locked On Angels, we would greatly appreciate your review and rating on Spotify or iTunes, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts, we'd greatly appreciate that. If you're watching on the video side, we'd also appreciate your subscription. Click the bell to be notified every time a new episode drops. Uh, Today's episode is brought to you by the Sports Card Investor app. Angel fans, you're going to love this. Welcome to the world of trading cards reimagined. Stay tuned later in the show for more information on this awesome new tool for collectors. You're going to want to check out the Sports Card Investor app. Thanks for joining us for this edition of Locked On Angels. You are locked on with John. Mike is on vacation. My name is John Frisch. I'm one half of the Super Halo Bros. Mike is far and away in Hawaii, away from this team, away from this pain, away from the upset feelings we all have as Angel fans, and uh, I am glad that he is with the family having a good time. In the meantime, I am here to empathize and sympathize and be here with you, and like I said at the top of the show, the Angels are a disaster right now. It's really bad, and this weekend really proved that. They lost four in a row to the Baltimore Orioles, and granted, the Orioles have won eight in a row, and they came into this series with a hot streak, and they're a fun team. But on the other hand, these Angels just looked awful. Can I go through the games with you this weekend? Game one on Thursday was a loss. Four to one, the Angels lost that one. And I have to say, the approaches at the plate were nothing special. That yard, Camden Yards, that field is huge. I called it the Grand Camden Yards because it just felt like the Grand Canyon. And every single Angels hitter was hitting stuff up in the air, fly out after fly out, and they just didn't learn. They didn't seem to learn that Cedric Mullins is going to run everything down out there. They're not going to get anything over that dumb left field wall that got pushed back. They they ended up hitting one. Trout ended up hitting a home run that way. They just kept on hitting fly outs, and the approaches didn't change throughout the game. They lost that one 1-4, to four, like I mentioned. Game 2 on Friday was a loss 4-5, to five, and this one might have been the most frustrating. It depends on how you view Saturday's game. We'll talk about that. Friday, they lost 5-4, to four, and Reed Detmers pitched six innings strong, two hits, no runs, and had a career high of seven strikeouts. Detmers goes to AAA for one start, comes back up, and automatically looks like a better pitcher. Where has this coaching been for Reed Detmers all season long? What is Matt Wise doing? What's happening with this team? Rysel Iglesias came in in the ninth. He got two outs. He got a fly out and a strikeout and then proceeded to give up the lead and the game in the bottom of the ninth. The Orioles walked it off on the Halos. Again, we lost four to five. Brutal. Saturday's game, another brutal loss. This time, one to nothing. The Angels couldn't score. Patrick Sandoval goes out there, 
pitches six and a third, scatters five hits, gives up one run, two walks, 10 Ks, and he takes a loss. Patrick Sandoval is now three and four on the season. And when people tell you that pitchers' wins don't matter, their win-loss record doesn't matter, this is why. This is why. He pitched a one-run game, and the Angels had no answer for Orioles pitching. They couldn't get it done. Several times throughout this series, the Angels had runners in scoring position. They had runners on third. Couldn't get them home. They, they would pop up. They would fly out. They would, they would ground into a double play. It was sad. It was really pathetic. On game four on Sunday, they lost 9-5 to against the Orioles. And they had a lead. Monte Harrison hit a two-run home run, but they quickly gave that one up. The Orioles then proceeded to bat around. Single after single, hit after hit after hit after hit. They had 10 hits in the whole game, and they scored nine. You know what that tells me? That every time they got on base, somebody came around to score. It was sad. It was pathetic. And I think Angel fans on Sunday are probably the most frustrated they've been all season long. You know, Sam Blum from The Athletic tweeted that while the 2021 Angels struggled with injuries and didn't have Mike Trout, didn't have Anthony Rendon, and quite frankly, didn't have a good bullpen or a starting rotation, they were never 11 games under 500 like the 2022 Angels. From top to bottom, this team, this organization needs to be held accountable It's seriously ridiculous. You know, Jeff Fletcher from the OC Register tweeted out an article uh, talking to Perry Manassian. And let me just say, uh, (laughs) this is perfect GM speak. And that's something that Perry Manassian and quite frankly, the Angels are very good at. They're very good at being politicians. And I love Perry Manassian. And I think that he has been handed a, a bad deck of cards. I know he put this team together, but he's got to work within Artie Marino's boundaries if that makes sense. But let me go to the article here and tell you what he said. The collective failure of so many hitters has prompted questions about the accountability of hitting coaches Jeremy Reed, John Molly, and Paul Sorrento. Manassian declined to answer specifically about the coaches, saying it was unfair, but he did take a personal accountability for the players producing those results. There's no individual person I'm putting blame on, Manassian said. I'm in charge of building a club, and these are the players I've given the staff to work with. Manassian said he doesn't believe there are any organizational overarching reasons for the struggle of the hitters. I don't believe that. How is there not a philosophical organizational problem when these hitters are so bad? When they started out the season so good. Perry Manassian says, I think it's the individual. He said, nobody has the same swing. Nobody's the same size. Guys do it differently. Some guys are aggressive. Some guys aren't. Depends on the player and their style. It's more individual-based. Right, but you have a coaching staff who is supposed to know this team inside and out and correct their swings, correct their approaches at the plate, help them to not strike out, find what they're good at, and do it well. And this coaching staff has failed to do that. And, and Perry goes on to say that we're missing guys like Fletcher and Rendon and Matt Duffy who are contact guys who don't strike out a lot. Well, that's true. I'm going to give him that. But at the same time, what do you explain about Mike Trout? How do you explain Brandon Marsh's decline? How do you explain some of these guys starting out the season so well and then just falling apart? It's it's unfathomable. I can't even say that word. Unfathomable how much incompetence there is on this team. From the ownership in Artie Marino 
to the coaching staff, and to the players, honestly. I mean, look, they go out there, they work hard, they're doing it every day, but when the coaches aren't giving them the direction that they need, they aren't giving them the corrections that they need to make at the plate. When their approach doesn't change in the wide open spaces of Camden Yards, and they're not hitting line drives, and they're getting under everything, and they're hitting flyouts, and trying to drive things over the wall, trying to hit home runs, it's not going to work. And if I can see that as a fan, and I'm sure you can see it as a fan, how come these coaches don't see it? How come the managerial staff doesn't see it? It doesn't help that Phil Nevin hasn't been around for 10 days because he got suspended. But even still, how do the approaches at the plate not change with this team? This is an organizational failure. And it goes back to the investment in the minor leagues. It goes back to the uh, interference from Artie Marino and not being willing to go over the luxury tax, not being willing to spend money on free agents who deserve their salaries, quite frankly. But when you bring in guys like Jonathan VR, and you know, no offense to him, you can't expect DFA'd guys to turn your season around. Look, Tyler Wade went through waivers. Nobody claimed him. No, no one claimed him. He's back with us because nobody wanted him. Tyler Wade has started how many games this season? He was one of the guys we were going to count on for shortstop. And I like Tyler Wade. I like Tyler Wade. I like his speed. I like the ability to bunt. But you know what? What does that tell you when none of the 29 other teams made a claim on this guy? They probably couldn't afford to have him on the 40-man because if they brought him up and then DFA'd him, he would have to be gone again and go through waivers. But look, nobody wanted him. And he was a starter. And that's the kind of team that we have right now. We have guys who can't even do league average stuff. And it's really sad. And I don't know what else to say to you guys. I wish that I had the right words to make you feel better. But I'm frustrated as a fan. The fact that we are worse than last year. I thought last year couldn't get any worse. We had no Mike Trout for 80% of the season. We had no Anthony Rendon for 60% of the season. And... We're worse off now? It's just unreal to me. And I'm sorry that we have to go through this together. But just know that Mike and I appreciate you. And we appreciate your listening. Hopefully, together, we can get through this and look to the future. And we're going to do that together. Coming up on Locked on Angels, we're going to get into the mailbag. And we're going to answer your questions about Otani, Trout, and trades because you guys had a lot of ideas and I think it's worth talking about. But first, Locked on Angels is brought to you by our friends at Athletic Greens and they have a supplement called AG1 that actually tastes great. It has a mild tropical taste that you will actually look forward to each morning. With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. It comes all in one scoop. You don't have to get all of these different vitamins and supplements. It's gonna save you money in that way. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. I think we could all use a little AG1 after what the angels have put us through. AG1 costs you less than $3 a day, and the great news is that you're investing in your health and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit and healthier too. So go to athleticgreens.com today 
and start choosing better health. And when you order today, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is go to athleticgreens.com slash MLB network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash MLB network and take ownership of your health today. We really appreciate you making Lockdown Angels your first listen of the day. I am flying solo right now. My name is John Frisch. I'm one half of the Super Halo Bros. Like I said, Mike is far and away in Hawaii with the family. He had to get away from this Angels team. Uh, I put out the uh, the feelers this weekend for some questions for our Monday mailbag, and I appreciate all of the responses. There were a lot of them, and I want to get into them with you right now. So let's start right here. We've got... At Keegan Lund Casanova on Twitter and Connor.Vogel.750. They kind of had similar ideas. And Casanova said, Am I alone in saying that, especially after the sweep today? I've officially lost all hope for this year. At what point do we look to start fresh and trade Trout and or Otani and give them an opportunity to win elsewhere while also getting a jump start on the rebuild? Connor Vogel said, Are we getting to the point where we tear it all down and trade everyone? Same thing each year. You guys, I think that Connor and Casanova both hit the nail on the head with how we are all feeling as Angel fans. I think we're getting to a point where we have to consider some moves. Now, whether that's Trout or Otani, I mean, we'll talk about that. But at this point, what's what's the incentive for these guys to move forward? What's the incentive for Perry Manassian to trade and, and get better? I know Mike Trout has said there's a lot of season left, but I the window is closing, in my opinion. Uh, speaking of Otani, let me go to this series of questions here. I put four of them on the screen if you're watching on the video side. But Nolan M underscore five said, do the Angels trade Otani this year and get a big haul for him? Uh, 81 Oloa on Instagram said, is it time to trade Otani before we lose him in free agency? Bases underscore loading on Instagram said, is it time to be realist and start thinking about trading Otani? Pods are a great fit. And then Nick Smallwood's response, should they trade Otani next year? Well, look, we have Otani for the next year and a half. His value right now will probably never be higher. In fact, he's owed about $5 million or so this season. And that's a very affordable contract for anybody who would want to take that on. And if the Angels want to get maximum value for Otani... I think now's the time to pull the trigger. I'd hate to see it personally because I love Otani, but I think I love winning more. And this is not Otani's fault at all. Just by the way, I need to put that out there. This is not Otani's fault. He's doing exactly everything that he needs to be doing. He is an MVP candidate again this year. He won it last year and he's doing everything right. The fault lies on the Angels and the contracts that they've given out, their unwillingness to go over the luxury tax to spend on players and giving contracts to the likes of Justin Upton and Anthony Rendon, previously Pujols, and and even Mike Trout's contract, which was a good contract for us because we wanted to lock him down. It's really tied our hands, and now it's kind of put the Angels in a position where what do we do? How do we how do we keep Otani on this team? Look, Otani is on this team for five million, and we're still bad. And so if you keep him around and pay him. 40 more million dollars on that. 
that doesn't seem like a recipe for success. So I think I'm with a lot of you guys that it, it might be time to trade him, honestly. And look, they might want to finish out this season and start next season with Otani and see how 2023 goes because he won't be owed that much money again uh, until the extension or the new contract, whatever he gets. So he still will be very affordable next season. So you could trade him right now for a lot of value, or you could wait and see how next season is going to go and then maybe trade him at next year's deadline if you're staring down the barrel of another losing season like this year. But like I said, Otani's value has never been higher. Let's go to this question. Hey, my father-in-law, Alan Howe on Instagram said, what do you think you could get by trading Otani right now? Look, somebody said Padres. I think you go to the Yankees, you look at their top five prospects, and I hate to say it, but maybe you even talk to the Dodgers because look at how many Dodgers players have been traded out of their system and how well they're doing right now. You look at the Nationals. You look at somebody like Jordan Alvarez with the Astros who came from the Dodgers system and he is in the conversation for MVP because he's crushing it as a DH and an outfielder. So <laughs> I think the Dodgers are probably the best direction to go if you're going to move Otani because think about the position that they're in. They could benefit from a great bat and another great arm in that rotation and somebody who's going to get them to the playoffs and probably help them win a World Series. I hate to say it. I love my Halos, but they do not build players in the way that the Dodgers do when it comes to minor leagues and the way that they get treated and the development. They've invested in player development. We haven't. And that's why their minor league system is so good. You might even get some guys right now on the Dodgers who could come and instantly help the Angels. So I, I think that it might be worth a deeper dive into what would you get for Otani. I think that's something that we can do this week. Let me go to the next question here. One uh, V... 1LV Halo van, Halo fans response on Instagram. He said, will the Halos be able to sign Otani long-term? That's a good question. Honestly, Artie Marino will probably try to get Otani to stay. But you know what that does? And again, this is not Otani's fault. I just want to make that clear. I know we have a lot of Otani fans. I'm a big Otani fan. If Artie Marino tries to get Otani to stay and pays him what he wants to make, then that really ties the hands of the Halos for the next couple of years, however long that contract is. And like I said a minute ago, if you can't win with Otani earning $5 million, how are you going to win with him earning $45 million? I just don't see it happening. Unless the Angels go over the luxury tax and spend more money and try to get more players, then it's not going to happen. And I think Artie Marino, we've said this before, Mike has said this before, Artie Marino is a businessman. And he will try to keep a superstar on this team. But you know what? You know who else has a, sh a choice in this? Shohei Otani. And he wants to win. And right now, the Halos are not winning with him. And they definitely can't win if they're paying him $45 more million after uh, his contract runs up. 19RobDog91 says, hate to say it, but I think it's time we see what we can get for Trout. I don't think the Angels are going to trade Trout. I think that he's going to remain the face of this franchise. I think that when they signed him in 2018 to a long-term extension, they made a promise to him to build a team around him and make this team better and make him the centerpiece. And they did that by getting Shohei Otani. That was a huge move. They did that by adding Anthony Rendon. But you know who pr made that promise? Artie Marino and Billy Epler. Billy Epler's not with the club anymore. Billy Epler's gone. And 
Artie Marino doesn't seem to want to build a team around Trout. He made promises he couldn't keep. So I think Trout is going to stay. Trout said he wants to stay here. He said he signed that contract. And a lot of people who out there who say, well, it's Trout's fault he's still with these Angels. That's true. But you know what? They promised to build around him, and they have it. So back off Trout. This is an Angels problem. You can go after the Angels all you want, but don't go after Mike Trout. He did what was best for him and his family. He was loyal to his team, and he expected that loyalty back. And the Angels have failed him. Uh, should the Angels trade Noah? That comes from A underscore Ron 22. And Chuck and Duck Meat, the Halo homie on Twitter, said after being swept by the Orioles, I think it's time for the Halos to dump at the trade deadline. Who do you think we should trade? Well, I think when it comes to that Noah Syndergaard question, I would actually like to see the Angels keep him because I think that he would resign with the Halos for next year and maybe have a longer term contract. I think he's an arm that you keep around. I think he's appreciated the fact that the Angels gave him a chance to get better and get right again, and he's figuring it out. I know that he's not the flamethrower he used to be, but also I think it's good for him to change his approach as a pitcher. But as far as other people that you could trade, I think anybody on those one-year deals, honestly, there's a lot of them. And I think it's it's time to, I think it's really time. If, if you're not here long-term, then I think you're gone. I, I know Michael Lorenzen's hurt right now, and perhaps he could be an arm that could be helpful somewhere else. Uh, it's, it's just really anybody who is not here long-term. Matt Duffy might be another one. Um, some people have said Taylor Ward. Um, I, I'm not quite on that train yet, but I, uh, again, if you're here on a short-term deal and possibly even Syndergaard, I know I said I would want to keep him around, but honestly, I could see him going too. I think that if you're on shorter than a, a one-year deal, then I think that you're up for a trade piece. And, and the problem is, is that the Angels aren't going to do anything to get better now, like getting a big arm for the bullpen. They're going to get stuff for next season and the year after and the year after that. So I think the Angels are sellers at the deadline, to be honest. And I think that's how this trade deadline is going to go. Very disappointing. Shouldn't have been this way, especially after the start that we had. Locked on Angels is brought to you by the Sports Card Investor app. I want to welcome you to the world of Sports Card Reimagine. Now, if you grew up collecting baseball cards, Mike and I grew up collecting baseball cards. So this is an app that we really love because back in the day, you had to get the magazine that told you the value of your cards. And it was probably outdated by the time that you got it, but not with the Sports Card Investor app. You can check the value of your favorite cards, find great deals and profit from your card collecting hobby. It's available for free in the Google Play Store and the Apple App Store. The Sports Card Investor app is a must-have for baseball fans. So if you're a casual card collector and just want to know, you know, what prices your cards are, or if you're looking for an investment opportunity, this could be the app for you. The Sports Card Investor app is for you. So this app is the card collector's most powerful resource. So go and download the Sports Card Investor app today. Find out how much your card collection is worth. Keep up with the latest prices and what's hot and what cards in your collection could be a big deal for you. All right, we're going to continue with more mailbag questions here. Again, I'm John Frisch. I'm flying solo this week. I'm one half of the Super Halo Bros. My brother Mike is in Hawaii. 
lucky guy. He's far away from this team. But this next set of questions all kind of has to do with coaching, players, things like that. So I'm excited to get in to these questions. A game over 27 on Instagram. He had two questions. He said, uh, is it time to change our hitting approach? Like firing our hitting coach. Also, why is our player development so poor? Yes. I think this series against Baltimore was the perfect example of what's wrong with our hitting coach. The approach didn't change. The angels kept trying to hit home runs and trying to hit everything up in the air instead of hitting line drives and get those down for base hits. And that's exactly what the Orioles were doing in their own park. They know how to play their park, and the Angels did not. That place is so wide. The angles on the walls are weird. You got that left field wall that's pushed back this season, and nothing changed in the approach to the Halos. And again, going back to that Perry Manassian article, he doesn't want to put the blame on these hitting coaches and the pitching coaches, and I get that. He's trying to take full responsibility, but somewhere along the line, these guys have to take responsibility. And the second question we game over 27 had was, why is our player development so poor? So poor? We've never invested in it. The, we're one of the few teams that has yet to provide housing and, and not just housing for all the players, but like comfortable, spacious housing where it's like spread out among the players because these guys have housing, but it's all, you got eight guys to a room, that kind of thing. That is not good for anyone's mental health, and especially for these guys trying to make it to the bigs. And of course, we got to talk salaries. They're, they they don't get paid for spring training invites and things like that. It's, it's really ridiculous. The Angels have not invested in their minor league system at all. Let's go to uh, this next question here. There was a couple here from Andrew Rizzle and then of course, King Panda one on Twitter. Andrew Rizzle said, will Perry Manassian clean house? None of the coaches deserve to come back next year. Why aren't there any interviews of the coaching staff post games? Never see them in the Q and A. And then King Panda says, "Why is Matt and Wise not fired yet? Loop and Tabera were good last year for other teams. Now they're bad. Detmers is down in AAA for two games, and now he's good. Jeremy Reed is horrendous. This team is over. Yeah, coaching staff is brutal. And the fact that Reed Detmers did go down to AAA and kind of discovered himself again, I think, speaks to the lack of development with this coaching staff." at the major league level. It's really sad. And I, I can't quite understand how somebody could go to AAA and get better and come back. I understand that they had him work through stuff. Now, Perry Manassian, he hadn't hired a lot of these guys. These guys are holdovers from the last regime. So I think he cleans house. I don't think he's going to do it midseason, but I think he does clean house and uh, have the coaching staff that he wants moving forward. And then as far as the coaches being available for Q&A, well, that's been few and far between. I think we saw Jeremy Reed uh, say that he's not worried about his job. And that was the uh, the big takeaway from his interview. So the, these guys are just not available for questions. It's really frustrating as fans. I'm sure it's frustrated, frustrating for our beat writers as well. Steve Hahn, seven on Instagram said, looking back, did firing Joe Madden uh, when they did make the team worse? Well, it's certainly probably wasn't good for the clubhouse. I will give them that. I will give you that, Steve Hahn. Uh, but at the same time, I look at how Joe Madden lost his games, and I look at that and say that's why he lost his job. The overmanagement of the bullpen, pulling starters too soon, things like that. Uh, during the midst of that lo- losing streak, he was way overthinking his decisions. And now I look at the team and I look at how the hitting is the problem, And then I think about the bullpen and the starting pitching 
And perhaps other than maybe Chase Silseth's bad outing against the Orioles, and and then we saw uh, we saw Jose Suarez have a bad outing. The the pitching's been pretty good, and I think it's because they're getting the innings. The relievers are coming in at the right time. So I do think that the bullpen and pitching management has improved since Madden was fired because he was just way overthinking things. But now it's the hitting's problem. And I, I don't quite know what the Angels are going to do to fix that. But when it comes to Joe Madden being let go, I think it was the right choice. I think it had to be done because he was getting pretty arrogant. He was getting pretty cocky and kind of probably thought he was invincible as we saw in that last post-game interview before he was fired. And again, his management of the pitching was not great. And I think that's what ultimately cost him his job. Let's go to Kevin underscore 1055. Detmers is up and down, but a very young arm. Do you see ace potential in him? Oh, 100%. That's why he was picked number one overall by the Angels, because of the ace potential and how close he is. Look, I, I just remember that he was 23. He's 23 years old now. And I think about Tyler Skaggs in 2014 was 22. And so the Angels are used to having these young guys develop and become good pitchers. And I think I think Reed Detmers is going to be an ace for sure. And I think now that he's adjusted his delivery and adjusted his repertoire a bit and found something while he was down in AAA, the key to Reed Detmers is that he's got to trust his stuff. He's got great stuff. And when he gets into trouble, when he gives up a base hit or a walk, he doesn't trust his stuff, and I think that's a problem with him. But after coming back from AAA, he looked like a different pitcher. He looked like a courageous pitcher. He looked like he trusted what he brings to the table, and I really like to see that. Uh, what are your thoughts on Elvis Peguero from Nando88026 on Instagram? Uh, you know, I was frustrated with him at the beginning of this season because I felt like we had better options out of the bullpen, but now that Archie Bradley's hurt, now that – uh, Aaron Loop. I mean, Aaron Loop's been good the last three appearances, which is a sign of improvement. But since he's been struggling, I've liked Pagaro, and and I'm I'm glad that he's having some success. He he struggled at the beginning of the season. He went down to AAA. He came back. There's another example of someone going to AAA, getting better, and coming back to the major league club. So again, whoever's in AAA needs to be brought up honestly, to the major league team. Let's go to this question here. Uh, what are your thoughts on Stefanik from Armani underscore C23? And then Chris Cook on Twitter said, is it time for Stefanik to be put into the leadoff spot? He's the one who looks locked in at the plate recently. Yeah, Michael Stefanik was a necessary add for the Angels because with their offense struggling as much as it has been, the guy's been batting very, very well all through his minor league career. We knew this, and part of it is kind of like, should he have been with the team from the beginning of the season? Because so far, he's been crushing it. I like him. I like the idea of him being at the leadoff spot because he does make contact and get on base. I, I kind of wonder if he is better toward the middle of the lineup because then he can drive some guys in or be driven in. Um, but at the same time, we've seen Taylor Ward at the leadoff spot. He's been in the cleanup spot a few times. And I kind of like that idea there too, but I love Michael Stefanik. He he reminds me of David Fletcher in the way that he makes contact and he's played great defense as well. And he's been pretty solid. And that was always the question around Stefanik was his defense. So far, so good. I got to give it to him. But when it comes to him batting leadoff, I'd say give it a try. I mean, VR, you know, he's been hit and miss quite literally <laughs> striking out or getting hits in this Baltimore series. 
But I, I really like what Stefanik brings to the table. And uh, for somebody who can hit as well as him, I think that that is a great addition to this team. I'm going to say it again. Bring up Joe Adele because even though his batting average isn't quite there, uh, the the OPS is very solid. He's making great contact when he does make contact, and he's a big threat as an offensive hitter. So bring him back up too. We need all the hitting help that we can get. Last question, jboogs86 on Instagram. Will you wear a paper bag for all future games that you attend? I'm tempted to. And if you haven't seen this trend on Twitter, uh, it's pretty funny. It's everybody wearing paper bags because of how bad the Angels have been. And it's kind of our sign of uh, solidarity toward how unhappy we are with this team. In fact, I made this today. Uh, You can see what the Angels have done to the Super Halo Bros. If you're watching on the video side, if you're listening, I've uh, put paper bags over Mike and I's face on our uh, Twitter. So check that out or on Instagram as well. <laughs> so I hope you enjoy that. But that's what the Halos have done to the Super Halo Bros. <laughs> but I really appreciate you guys uh, making Locked on Angels your first listen of the day. Thank you for all the questions and thanks for hanging with me while I'm flying solo this week. I hope that uh, you know I'll continue to uh, improve as the week goes on. Uh, now that you've made me your first listen of the day, how about making your second listen of the day the Locked on MLB Prospects show host Lindsey Crosby is a prospect encyclopedia. He's going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow, which you're going to want to know because of the draft coming up and things like that. Uh, it's free and available wherever you get your podcast. So be sure you check out the Locked On MLB Prospects show. Hey, I just want to give you a reminder that you can follow us on Twitter at Locked on Angels. You can also connect with Mike and I on Twitter and Instagram at Super Halo Bros. There's no game today, fortunately, Halo fans. So please take the time for your mental health. I'm begging you for your health. Please take some time away from baseball, this team, and the way they drive us nuts. There's no game today. Do something for yourself this this evening, if you will. Uh, tomorrow on Locked on Angels, we are going to begin a multi-part, multi-episode discussion of where the season went wrong for the Halos. And starting tomorrow, we're going to look at what changed for the hitting and how they've become so very bad. (laughs) We're going to do a deep dive, and I promise you it will be worth it. We've done a lot of research, and it's going to be a really great discussion. I hope you'll join us. Until then, my name is John. I appreciate you guys, and we'll see you here tomorrow for more Lockdown Angels.